0: New Year's Eve is right around the corner. And that means there's going to be some drinking, there's going to be some celebration. For me, that means I'm going to be off by myself meditating and thinking about the new year. But it is always a time where traditionally we try to bring in something a little bit better, some pattern, some habit, some change that's going to improve our lives for the following year. It's just part of the tradition, part of the way that we think about New Year's. This year coming, there is an opportunity and that opportunity would be to apply to the fit for service mastermind i'm telling you this is one of the best things that you could do for yourself do for your family do for those you care about in the world we're really going to focus on bringing your body up to its optimal state we got gut biome tests we got all of the tools that we need to use to get you physically fit for service then we're going to go to mentally fit for service emotionally fit for service spiritually fit for service it's going to have the best books the best practices the best coaches i'm really doubling down tripling down splitting the eights putting everything together that was a blackjack analogy by the way splitting the eights if you didn't get that i'm putting everything into this all the chips are going in it's going to be really one of the gems that i'm working on for 2019 and i really hope to see as many of you guys as feel called to join to apply and then we're going to share absolutely all of that information with all of you so please check that out aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service duncan trussell is pretty much one of my favorite humans on the planet he's fucking hilarious he's got incredible philosophy and insight and a whole body of literature and books and knowledge that is different and distinct from mine but all points at the same truth And that's what's beautiful about it. We get to talk about things from radically different perspectives, but it all seems to make sense in the end. And so I think you guys are going to love this live podcast from the AM weekend with my man, Duncan Trussell. Should we do this? Let's do this. What's up, everybody? How are you guys doing today? Good. So we are going to do a live podcast for you guys here, me and Duncan. Duncan. Uh, this is Duncan Trussell, everybody. Say hi, to Duncan Trussell. Oh,
1: thanks.
0: Hi. Boom. What is this, Aubrey? What What is this, guys? What do you think? What is this, man? What is this? What are we doing this weekend? Learning. We are learning. growing, learning, becoming
1: better versions of ourselves, building the tribe. Yes, building the tribe. Having
0: fun. I like that. Getting weird, having fun. Cool. Doing stuff. When did you start
1: doing this, Aubrey?
0: I started doing this a couple... Well, I've kind of been doing this my whole life. But then I started having these events, like, um, probably a couple years ago. But I haven't been doing them that frequently. But maybe I should do them more frequently. What do you guys think? Yeah? All right. What was the first one you did? The first one I did was one of these, and it was in Austin. And, uh, Yeah we just started fucking getting after it and teaching and learning. And then we had this dope ecstatic dance and I found myself, you know, creating these ecstatic dance containers. You ever done ecstatic dance, Duncan?
1: Not ritualistically. I know Gurdjieff was into it and uh, I've watched the Sufis spinning when I'm high. It's one of my go-to videos. like, (laughs) you know, Charles Manson, anything by Charles Manson. (laughs) Or Sufi spinning? It's good. That's on my playlist when I'm tripping. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's yep. an incredible thing to watch. You know about Gurdjieff, the idea, his the whole thing with ecstatic dancing, all that? The, no, r- tell r- us. Well, I can't. It's, I don't understand <laughs> it. I was hoping you did. It's like a...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's... um. Uh, it seems pretty complex. It's something to do with the octaves, and it's something to do with the rotation of the planets, and it's something to do with this idea that you can align yourself with a sort of um, the, the same, this, the, whatever that is, Fibonacci, spiral, whatever it is, when you can actually align yourself with that uh, in the moment in some kind of movement form, and, and that creates a, some kind of psychedelic transformation.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think ritualized dance has been a part of tribal ritual for forever. I mean, you look at the Sundance, you look at all these different cultures and ritualistic dance has been a deep flossing. Is that a is that a is that a gay thing? Is that when you like put your dick inside the foreskin of another guy's? No, that's docking. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see me try to act like I didn't know what you were talking about? I saw it. It didn't last long, though. Um.
1: I think you probably do flop. Could you floss and dock? No, I that, don't know. Is, so. is, is,
0: is that is that is that this move? Can anybody do that really good? You can do that really good. Let's see. All right. Oh. Uh. uh, uh. Oh yeah! Get it! Get it! Get it! Get it! Now who can dock? Let's see some docking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, no. yeah. I think that I think the key thing is especially for like men in particular there's like patterns of movement that are okay like men like can move in certain ways but there's shame around movement that are in other ways Mm. and so we get like kind of contracted and as we physically contract ourselves we mentally and emotionally contract ourselves and there's not a way to kind of release those bounds and constrictions and in the release of those constrictions there's a lot of energy and freedom that opens up not just physically but mentally and emotionally And then with the dance, you take people on an arc, and I have a couple different ones. One is uh, Stan Groff's basic perinatal matrices. So you start in the womb, everything's cool, and then the water breaks and everything's chaos, and then you have the birth canal open and everything is, it's like a fight. It's kind of like the warrior archetype, and then the ecstasy of taking the first breath. And so you go through that experience mentally in the dance. But this one that we're going to do today is 12 songs following the 12 steps of the hero's journey. So, and expressing that physically through some music and some fucking freedom.
1: Wow, cool, man. Yeah, man. That's great. Yeah. I remember uh, um, I was at one of the <clears throat> meditation retreat, and they do these kirtans, you know. And, and oh, man, mm-hmm. speaking of ecstatic dance, if you want to really trip out. I mean, I'm sure whatever you guys are doing here is the same, actually. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, 4 a.m., go to the... Hari Krishna temple on Culver city and the devotees get up at, at four and um, they do the, uh, these, they, what's that? Yes. Is that what it's called? Ah, you, they, they spin. That's what you don't know. Like you didn't, when oh, I will, I only went there once. It's very, I can't wake up that early, but, uh, the time I did go, it was one of the most trippy things, man, because they, uh, you know, you see a temple, Right. And mm-hmm. there's the there are the deities and the te- any kind of temple you go into, there's this uh usually a lot of bright colors, unless it's maybe a Zen temple or something like that. If you really want to trip out, look at mosques. Wait, Zen temples are like bland. Well, some the the some some of them have are simple, I should yeah, say. Yeah. yeah, it's simple. Yeah. Not bland. So <laughs> uh, simple. Um God, I didn't want to, you sound like such a dick <laughs> at a Zen temple. Like, oh, this is really bland. <laughs> Somebody put a fucking some color around this kaleidoscope temple. in
0: this shit. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
1: But yeah, so but so you see a temple, you're sitting down, the deities, whatever temple you may be in, or any space for that matter, looks like the way it looks right now. But if you start spinning within that space, suddenly it changes, it becomes this crazy other thing. And so when you look at a temple where there is ecstatic dance built in you realize like oh shit this was also kind of meant for spinning too yeah. and and cuz they hold hands and spin and they like
0: you know they're wearing
1: their um uh, orange saffron and it it's like they become these flowers for a second mm-hmm. within this like hyperdimensional sort of uh thing that is appearing in time that has a kind of sentience to it that doesn't seem necessarily connected to biological life, but that people who aren't familiar with that sort of thing, when they see deities, they're like, it's idolatry. They're going to sacrifice my baby to Krishna. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a really cool. Uh, that's one of the one, one experience I've had with ecstatic dance is a devotee. Yeah. Just grabbed my hands and started spinning with me. And he was like so radiant and filled with love and like joy. Like they, you know, they wake up to greet the sun. It's really quite beautiful. And, um, and it was, I didn't even have time to be like, I'm not fucking dancing with you cultists. It was (laughs) like,
0: woo, this is great. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So that's good that you're doing that. That's good that you're pushing people out of that, um, that sticky, gross place. Cause, uh, another time when people were doing Kirtan, uh, and they were all dancing. Someone was like, we, d- Why don't you dance with us? And I and I snarked him and I was like, Not in this incarnation.
0: <laughs>
1: so lame. <laughs> but I was super high. So I had that echo chamber thing going on in my head. So, like, You had uh, to sit
0: with that one for a while. Yeah. yeah I just sit had to down sit
1: and, like, it's echoing, like, Not in this incarnation. No, 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 no. And you just,
0: you just double down on it. by yeah. Just planting yourself even yeah. more firmly. I shall never dance. <laughs> You You don't want to be that guy. Well, how crazy is that? Some some religions, some cultures have like banned dancing. You know, like I just hypothesize the soul that leaves the body travels to the other side and goes. Oh wait, you didn't dance ever in your body? Like you missed the mark, bud. Like, and then they're looking like, yeah, fucking really missed it. And and then even like even the way the mosques are, like you look at those, and they are clearly mimicking that kaleidoscope that comes when you smoke DMT. Like, clearly. Yeah. But then no one's smoking DMT in those mosques. What a waste.
1: Whoa, I mean, I think there's many pathways to the <laughs> mandelbulb, my friend. That's a mandelbulb fractal. Like, if you look yeah. up the mandelbulb fractal, um, uh, you, you, it's, the, it's, it's that. Whatever they're doing is based on some kind of, like, fra- math. It's ba- it seems to be, or not based on math, yeah, based on math, yeah. I mean, it sounds so mystical now, but just grab some broccoli and like take a good long look. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. You know? Well, what's that? No, there's <laughs> No, there's that one, there's that one broccoli cauliflower hybrid that's like super fractal. What's that one called? Romanesco.
1: Yeah, Romanesco. You don't need DMT, just get some Romanesco. <laughs> make a salad.
0: <laughs> just stare, <laughs> stare deep into the Romanesco
1: yeah <laughs>
0: it's uh that's i think one of the one of the things that i think is a good reframe and a good perspective shift is to like imagine ourselves liberated from all the constructs that we have all the prisons that we have put around ourselves and liberated out of this body out of all of these things and look back and be like man did I fucking send it? Did I like really give it while I was alive? Did I love the best I could? Did I dance as much as I could? Did I help people out? Did I fucking hug for real? You know, did I live and explore and, and enjoy this thing the most? Mm. You know, and I think when you get that perspective and look back, then you can really think like, all right, yeah, I fucking did it. You know, the good thing about
1: that, you don't have to die to do that. Cause that would be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I <laughs> uh, you know that's um I know you you uh, I, I've read some of your writings. you bring them up sometimes, Marcus Aurelius, you know, mm-hmm. you bring him up, and uh I read this really cool thing he wrote, which is like uh talking about death. death is just a frame is what he said. and uh everyone's always you know when people are concerned about dying, personally, when I've been concerned about dying. There's this weird thing where you 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 think, oh, I'm gonna all my all of I'm gonna lose everything, like yeah. like my past is gone. I'm gonna lose all that. That's that's gonna I'm gonna die. That's gonna be gone. And um, so, what's really funny about humans is we're kind of like centipedes, except we only have a head. You know what I mean? We're like temporal centipedes that pretend that we have all these other segments going back into the past. And we make up all these stories about the segments, and that's what we call our life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that that shit is gone. It's dead. Whatever was right before this moment is absolutely annihilated outside of whatever kind of like digital imprint or footprint you've left or the ripples you've left. So the reality is is that right now you can kind of realize like, oh shit, I should have danced more. But <laughs> you luckily you still have a body, so you can dance.
0: You can start right the fuck now. right. Instead of like worrying about your past history and then using that as like the momentum that's determining what you're going to do now, you can literally decide to change all that. Like I remember, I don't know if I told this story to you guys here yet, maybe in one of the dinners or something like that. But I was actually having a tough time in the start of this week, and I was kind of emotional and kind of caught up in my own head and worrying about the history, worrying about the that. And I took a walk outside, and there was just an unusual amount of these California Ravens, and that's a Special bird to me. That bird came up and flew, like two of them flew, like right in my face in Palm Springs when my grandmother was passing, when I went to go take a hike and like let her spirit go and let her memory go. And the ravens came to me then, and it was like, oh, my grandma will always be with me. The spirit bird, you know, is reminding me that. But as I went out this time, you know, so that bird is always special. They were all over, and I was really having a hard time, and it was all based on shame about my past and past decisions I made and things that were going on. And I could really understand a communication from them in whatever way that is. Maybe my own imagination, whatever. And they go, let us eat all that is dead. That's what we're here for. Let us eat that which is dead. Your personal history, your past, everything that, you, that has happened before, that's all dead. And we'll eat that. Feed mm-hmm. it to us. Feed us that whole personal history, that whole past that you're defining your current present with. Just let us eat it. And I could just see them with their beaks going in and ripping and eating all of the dead. And what was left was my spirit, was the now. Mm. And that's the thing that can never be eaten by the ravens. The now, our spirit, our consciousness, that life force that the ravens don't eat, that you can fly with the ravens with. That would suck if ravens ate souls. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They're fast. (laughs)
0: If they develop that appetite, <laughs> we'd be in trouble. Run,
1: see, <laughs> see monks like running from ravens. <laughs> um, uh the did I did we talk about on one of your podcasts that that the 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 guy who had frontal lobe damage and didn't have any short term memory? Did we talk I don't about that? So. so um what was i talking about frontal lobe i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, they um this is something that stuck with me uh um from college uh in, in a psychology class they were talking about this person who had frontal lobe damage and uh he so no short-term memory and uh it seems a little unethical now that i think about it but they were i guess kind of working like doing experiments with him and so they would put like a soda in front of him and say where did that come from and he would make up a story he'd like oh i got up i went in the hallway i went down to the soda machine and um got a soda out (laughs) and now i'm drinking it why would you even ask because it was so intolerable Uh. to some to, to essentially like the idea is like um human beings do not have a continuous self And we want there to be a continuous self very badly because um, the identity, you know, wants to be continuous. So this is just not the case. We, you know, at any given moment, half the planet is like gone. They're just in deep, deep sleep. And they wake up and they don't know what happened to the last, you know, six, eight. 10 hours. Maybe there's some dreaming in there, but even the dreaming is like kind of, you can't really even remember that. So, you know, you get that thing where like, whoa, I just had the craziest dream there. There is fuck. I can't remember the dream. Similarly, if you um, look back at your reconstruction of the past, uh, you realize there's really not much there for the Ravens to eat because in fact, it's like kind of warbly and shimmery at the Mm -hmm. very best. It's mostly just not there at all. And then, When you look at like the data around people reporting accounts that have all experienced some moment together, these accounts vary wildly sometimes. And then also there's the case of uh, uh, people who have been interrogated by police officers and make things up just from the pressure of the interrogation. Mm -hmm. So all these are examples of the problem of the non-continuous self. We don't have a continuous self. So... There really isn't anything for, for, to be eaten, and there isn't really anywhere to go, and there really isn't anything to do except just what is happening right now. And um, uh, for some people, that's quite intolerable because they need a story. Yeah. You know, I could take and put in front of you like three things and say, pick one, Aubrey, and you'll pick one. And I'll say, why'd you pick that? And then you'll make up a story about why you picked it. It'll be this reason or that. Maybe it'll be a big reason. Maybe it'll be a small reason. But that moment of picking, you're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to pick this because the color gray reminds me of a sash that my, one of my lovers wore when we were docking. <laughs> you're, 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 you know what I mean? You're just going uh-huh. to ta- just take it. It's 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 really quite amazing and precise that oh I'm just taking that. Right. And then then if you ask, well, why'd you do that? You'll say the story. Right. Well, that's not that's the thing you're just making up now. You're just telling a story. So the story really is a is a kind of is one of the great Santa Claus things we all carry around with us. You know, it's just um, people just get very attached to that story, you know
0: yeah the, this idea too that the emotion comes first and then the mind builds the logic to create the reasoning behind it right yeah. like especially when you have certain shame about something that you're feeling like of course everybody here knows i'm in an open relationship i was ashamed of certain elements of jealousy that i was feeling because i was like no no i'm fucking beyond that you know like uh, i'm beyond i'm past those feelings so I would get that feeling of jealousy, but instead of just being like, wow, I'm just fucking being jealous and just sitting with the actual primary feeling, my brain would create the scenario of insult that justified that feeling of anger, which was my desire to create separation, my desire to protect myself from the fear that Whitney might actually love or want to be with somebody more. So my mind would construct this whole story that made sense and logically you know, buttressed and fortressed this idea which was really just a feeling that i got right so the emotion becomes primary the emotion is always primary that thing you feel and then the mind will create this elaborate story to justify it based upon what you're willing to accept about yourself but most of the time it's fucking bullshit you know and really there's just a primary emotion that's deep and primordial and there And then the mind is like, well, uh, I got to justify this based upon the way that the ego wants to think about itself and wants to claim the identity. And so it'll create this elaborate tale, you know, and you'll believe that elaborate tale. And then you'll put someone on trial for that tale and talk about all the evidence to try and support that and get justified in your anger for that thing. But really, the emotion was just primary. And then the brain just fucking scrambles Mm. to figure out why, like why I feel that way, according to the rules rules of how you want to believe yourself to be
1: right and think of all the math there that you just did you know there's all this math in that there's all this lot of like lot of ink on the board there you know the, it's like you have to break yourself up into a bunch of different pieces in that one you know now you're a brain now you're an emotion and then you're something that's aware of the brain and the emotion right and then and there's this like hilarious dance that's taking place between these components and um uh and that's our that's our personality mm-hmm. it's fine <laughs> actually it is it's yeah. we're all do it. it's fine it's like it's not as though like this is like a anything to be ashamed of. It's like actually it's all incredibly perfect and beautiful and and uh it's just fun to kind of start realizing what what's going on here. It's really fun to realize that and and um so, what you're talking about there is um uh what I've heard called the poisoned arrow. you ever heard that before? no, i haven't so um, there's some story. This king gets is out um, and get an arrow. Like he gets hit with an arrow, and uh, they are going to take the arrow out. And he says, "Wait, there could be enemies in the forest. Go find them. You know, what if we're all going to get shot by arrows? How do you know this isn't one of my enemies? Dude, just make sure we're safe, and then deal with the arrow." And so they bring a, they find a hunter and bring it to the king. He, and he's like, I'm so sorry, your majesty. I, I, it was an accident. And uh, But I have to tell you, the bow, is it's got poison on it. And uh, they're going to take the bow out. And the king's like, wait! Before you take the bow out, find out what kind of poison is on the bow. We don't know if pulling the bow out will spread the poison more. We don't know if maybe I should take an antidote first to deal with the poison. And so then they go and get the like you know scientists to or the the, the, ki- the doctors to come mm-hmm. and they're like this poison you know what is it break it down and by then the king has died so <laughs> <laughs> so this is um <laughs> <laughs> so um the um
0: when have you fallen victim to the poison arrow when it, when is does when that happen to you? When have you when have you instead of just doing what you know that you should based on the limited information? Because we always have limited information. Do you, do you have a, a time or where you can recall being like, oh yeah, I was just overthinking that thing, and meanwhile it's just fucking eating me up the whole time. A time? Yeah. Is there like an like example? Like in the
1: past? Like so? Like oh, yeah. this is something some, I used some to
0: pers-
1: do. <laughs> 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 well, I was five years old. I had just stabbed my brother to death. It was. A, um, <clears throat> I um, I think this is something that I do every day to some degree. It's like everybody has a thing about themselves that maybe they're not so happy about, mm-hmm. or a thing you know. There's some adjustment they want to make in their lives. There's some sense of suffering, a sense of discomfort, right? So, um, uh, just a general feeling of like you know, shit's not right. You, this is everywhere right now. I mean, we're breathing. You know, go outside and you're you're smelling like you're you're smelling um you're smelling giraffes <laughs> incinerated giraffes and mansions and carousels and um in in dreams and dolphins that got dumped on the fire from the <laughs> scooped out of the ocean and. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's true.
0: (laughs) It's not like some
1: nice person's having a campfire out there. The California's on, a lot of California's on fire right now. So, um, you know, there's a generally a sense, but even if there is no fire, there's a sense, even if you you find yourself in like the greatest of greats, you know, like sometimes even the thought could flicker across your mind, which is like, I don't want this moment to end. So many songs are written with that, is the main theme you know some version of it i oh, hope this night goes on forever mm-hmm. that kind of nonsense you know um <laughs> not nonsense but it's like within that is like a kind of like you have to have a you have to implant a type of ignorance yeah. into the situation so that you could enjoy the even thinking the night would last forever like you know you have to be a real idiot to think that the sun isn't going to come up again, Mm -hmm. you know? That's ignorance, right? So anyway, to answer your question, um, uh, oh, my bald spot. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I'm looking for a poison arrow, all I have to do, and ignorance in particular, I think my bald spot is a fantastic example of ignorance, personal ignorance, in the sense that I can't fucking see it, right? (laughs) But it's right on top of my head all the time, right? So what will happen is, I will be standing in a dressing room and I'll have the mirror where I can just catch a nice fucking <laughs> yeah. waft of the ball. Uh-huh. And it's as though I've seen it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Look at how uh, that is not even a normal bald spot. That looks like a mange. <laughs> so now that, now, now what's happened now. This is the poison arrow. So I've seen a bald spot and there's a sense of like, ugh. but now I'm thinking, man, it's, I remember when I was in India and I saw a dog with mange. That reminds me of a mangy dog. <laughs> I Guess that is kind of what I'm like, I guess. Kind of like a mangy dog. Like I should take better care of myself. I mean, I wonder if my that's happening. What other parts of myself are breaking down? I mean, Maybe if I'd taken better care of myself, I would have been a better son to my mom. You know, I, I really wasn't that great a son. I've been—I feel like I—I I, I was really selfish when she was dying of cancer. Hope my cancer doesn't come back. I sure don't want to die of cancer. That would suck, dying of cancer like my mom. Dying in general just seems to kind of fucking suck. I mean, it's crazy to think everybody's gonna die. Oh my God, my poodle's gonna die. Gatsby's gonna fucking die. I love that little guy. I don't want him to die. He's so sweet. I love the way he smells. It's just to think I'm probably gonna have to put a needle in him at some point and watch him fall asleep forever. And then I'm gonna, I am going to can not believe you gotta pay fucking vets for that. Like, the fuck would ever be a vet like all day long injecting fucking poodles while people cry it's like, it's like, do people become vets the way like people into s and become cops like what is who are these weirdos on and on and on and yeah, on
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I
1: mean when all that happened was there was a bald spot in here.
0: air <laughs> <laughs> yep that sounds about right yeah. I mean I think we, we've all gone down those those spirals where just the mind just starts to grab a hold of something and it doubles down, doubles down on justification. Like It's like you were playing this negative, hellish blackjack and you just keep getting the same card and you keep splitting, but it's a six and you're like, fuck, six, yeah, split, split, split. And then you end up with just a bunch of shitty hands and then they all have to take cards and you just lose more and more of your time, of that present moment, of your happiness, of your joy, of the way that you think about yourself (laughs) and the world because you just keep doubling down, doubling down, Mm -hmm. doubling down, but really, all you had to do was just play that first hand out. Okay, you got a 12. You might bust, you know, like I don't know, maybe people don't know how to play blackjack. This that makes no fucking sense. But like it's a bad hand, right? And all you just you just take that bad hand, you maybe lose that first bet of that moment, those first two minutes where you have to look at the bald spot and say, Yeah, I'm going fucking bald. And then you just allow just that first impulse to be the only impulse. And then you're able to move on. I remember we had a so we had Wim Hof over at the house with chris ryan who's here today and we're going to talk to him in a minute and he was talking and somebody asked him somebody asked him well do you ignore the pain because he puts himself in some fucking super painful situations yeah lots of cold lots of struggle lots of you know he goes, no, no no you can't you can't ignore the pain you have to embrace the pain you have to fucking embrace the pain mm. you know and and he's one of the most inspirational people because of course, we want to kind of ignore the pain. We have shame around the pain. Maybe we shouldn't be feeling pain. Maybe we shouldn't be worried about the bald spot, maybe. But if you just actually embrace that fucking moment and just take that, take that small hit, just bam, took it. I'm good. And not allow the mind to continue on that spiral, not to allow it to double down, double down, double down, make it worse, make it worse, bigger hell, more intricate prison. You just take the first hit with courage. That first moment of pain, you just fucking take that one with courage, oh. and then you then you move through that fast. The um
1: uh so this idea of pain, <clears throat> Dukkha. that's the word Dukkha. It's uh, so it's truth. We want truth. Pain is truth, and so truth has got to be good, right? Like if you're with somebody and, and you're like. And they said, "Do you want me to be honest or dishonest?" <laughs> if you know what I mean, <laughs> you're gonna say, "But please, honest, please." Yeah. No matter what, yep. you know, even though there might be a moment of wincing. Yep. Um. So truth, that's good.
0: Uh, truth and- is truth is love, man. Truth is love. Like that's the thing. Like anything else is sorcery. Anything else is brujeria. It's, fucking casting a, it's someone casting a spell on you okay, yeah. in, a, in, a for, in a form of diminishing way, saying, you can't handle this, little child. Let me give you something that's more palatable and seduce you into my favor and yeah. into a, a more favorable thought because your weak little brain can't handle the truth. But love and truth are really the same thing. And you can express it with love, you know, and, and, or s- express it with a fucking joke and a smile. And let everybody know, like laughter is the way to let everybody know. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I think like the um, so like one of the ideas, and this is like going to sound so dismal, and I don't mean it that way, but it really does sound dismal for a second. But if, if you maybe if you spend a little time with it, it'll seem a little less dismal. Because you were talking about the bad hands. Mm. So kind of if 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 you have found yourself. Being blasted into a dimension where time is devouring you, you could say you've been dealt a bad hand, you know you are sentient matter which is aware of its own dissolution, and <clears throat> this is uh what, for lack of a better word, you could call a hopeless situation if you're Hope is that you're not going to die. Um, Also, uh, this feeling of pain that Wim Hof is talking about embracing. This is the idea we all have a relationship with pain, right? Some people go to war with pain. So they wake up in the morning and they're like, I'm going to kick the life's ass. And then they go out and now they're at war with pain. Mm. They're fighting, 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 fighting. These are the passionate fighting people. Some people, what they do with pain is they do the, uh, I shall bow to my pain. I shall give my pain a cup of tea and I'll sit with my pain and we'll drink tea together. Some people do that. But they still are trying to figure out a way to get off of the razor blade that they're standing on. And so this is the idea. Everyone has a different stance on the razor blade. Some people are like, I'm gonna fucking fight the razor. Some people are like, I'm gonna have I'm gonna embrace the razor. I'm gonna have tea with the razor. But maybe the idea is you are the razor. Become the pain. You are the pain. That is what is happening now is pain. Surrender, let go. In that moment of just intolerability, you'll realize what's mostly intolerable about it is your resistance to that moment. And the moment you stop hugging, fighting, drinking tea with it, and just become it, holy shit. What just happened? All the stories went away. All the things I think I am kind of in that weird flickering moment. In fact, you know how you know that the moment's over? You know the moment's over because you're thinking about how you're going to talk about it on a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. And right then, right then again, you're right back to the game. Oh, that was a really good moment of merging <laughs> with the pain. I have a flowery way of talking about that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to have a flowery chat about the fact <laughs> that everything's pain. And now we're back in the game again. Yeah. And this is the cycle. And it happens in small, small, small microseconds in the mind. And it happens in, histo- in, in, in historically, Throughout history, you could see humanity's varieties of ways of dealing with the pain. Well, we'll start farming, and we'll start a factory, and then we'll do this, and then we'll get to desalineate the ocean, and then we'll put out all the fires, and all the fires will be put out, and we'll have a one-world government, but it's all going to be based on peace. and We'll make a mothership, and then the mothership will populate the universe, and peace will reign forever, but nothing will change <laughs> because life is suffering, and there's no way out of it.
0: Uh, life is pain.
1: I should say right. life is... That's right. They're, 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 the I should say rather the way out of, life, the, way out of the suffering. Uh, well, this is in Buddhism. What he says is, I teach two things. Suffering and the end of suffering. So <clears throat> that second part... Yeah. Oh, I can only teach about the first
0: part. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, there was a, one of the things that really, you know, and illuminated my mind was I read something by... I think he's a Buddhist. His name's Shinzen Young. And he was talking about the difference between pain and suffering. And exactly as you said, there's pain. Pain is unavoidable, inescapable. We will all face it, and we should all intentionally embrace certain aspects of pain. Training, being in the cold, being in the heat, doing things that are challenging that will cause pain. But suffering is the resistance to that pain, right? And like so suffering is optional. Because when you surrender to the pain, when you embrace it, you know, I had a definition of surrender given to me, too. It's like, you well, you'll know when you surrender because it's not hard anymore. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, you're not fighting anything anymore. It's not difficult anymore. It's just, yeah, there's some pain. Because we've all gotten to that point where we're actually in the pain. Like, imagine when you're thinking about something painful that might happen. There's all this resistance and fighting and wiggling. And, and then it's actually there, and you're like, Okay, yeah, I'm um, fucking, yeah, it's painful, but I'm good, you know?
1: Yeah, and with, if your whole identity is based on going to war with fucking pain, and now suddenly you're having to deal with the fact that actually, you know, this is like okay, like you're okay, like you don't have to keep doing some thing to change yourself, like actually, right now, it's okay, this is okay, you're it's beyond okay. Well, this causes a lot of problems for people because they want a story based on some act of heroism Mm -hmm. achieving overcoming obtaining gaining fame fortune pleasure whatever it may be there's all these things nobody wants to not be nobody it's like a thing like it's it's and yet yet the 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 moment you tell someone actually you know i think this is you're perfect and in Mm -hmm. fact maybe the only thing that's making you not perfect is the fact that you want to be perfect Mm -hmm. and if you give that up You know, there's never been. God, think how depressing it would be to look outside and see a flower talking to another flower. And it's saying to the other flower, one day I'm going to be as pretty as you. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so depressing to realize flowers were neurotic, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and just hiring botanists to trim them a certain way and yeah. inject them a certain way and make them look like the flower yeah. that the other person took a photo of next to them they're like look that one keeps getting photos taken of it and i got to be like that one cuz i'm i want to be that fucking flower yeah, yeah, you, you know you? meanwhile there was someone who was just going to walk around and say no no i love this flower this flower is unique it's missing a petal that's fucking beautiful yeah. You know, yeah. and that's who we all are. We're all those flowers that are just a little bit different. But the time we try to be like that flower we see on Instagram, we're fucked.
1: That being said, flowers do not get bald spots. <laughs> in that day, fuck it, that would suck too. But yeah, right. We are the flower. That's right. And then we're so we're, we're every everyone's really tough on themselves. You know, really, really, really tough. And it's it's kind of a a um, unfortunate little. The little jam we find ourselves in. Um, But the good news is... um, uh, Well, the good news is there is no good news. (laughs) 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 And that sounds so crazy. But it's like the good news is is like this is it. This is it. This is okay. This is it. All of it. The whole thing. From the convulsive neurotic episodes about your bald spot. Or... Uh, your relationships or your business to the epiphanous moments of pure unification with the divine and to the boring spaces in between and the desire for there to be an epiphanous moment of unification with the divine All all of it 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 there's a great mantra i learned this too this too so when the next thing happens and you're sitting there and the thing pops into your head and whatever it may be that goes completely against everything that you think you are, or you act like a complete asshole, like telling your pregnant wife, Do you really think this is a good time to cry? Which I just did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> 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 That's not good. <laughs> But are you going to spend like your whole like forever beating yourself up because there was a moment where you like that part of you came out? This too, that's all. You just add. It doesn't mean justify, P.S. It doesn't mean like, okay, I get it. I can be all sloppy and shitty and like, because you know, that's like, whichever thing's perfect. No, the idea is not too tight, not too loose, right? Mm -hmm. We have to find that place in between, you know, but that's. What we are in the place in between, because actually there is no in between. There's just this, and all the rest of it, it's a story. And usually that story causes us some amount of pain, and um, that maybe we don't necessarily have to uh, experience. And
0: and that's, I think, you know, one of the things that our mutual friend Paul Selig talks about is how no person's path of learning is better than another person's path of learning. Like, we're here to just learn. And if you need to learn through suffering and addiction and pain and this, these things, and it takes you a really long time, okay, that's, that's as blessed as the one who learns through sacred unification with the divine and uh, embodies their... Christ. Like, one is not better than the other. We're here as souls to learn. And when we adopt that, then we can actually progress and just embrace where we are and enjoy and work towards the enjoyment because both of us and i think if neither of us have seen you know our own teachers and mentors who've been able to embody that we wouldn't probably think that any escape was actually possible but i know you have with Ramdas and i know how i have with Don Miguel Ruiz seen someone who can truly like our dog Lobie, if we walk out of the door for 10 minutes and come back inside the house, that dog is so fucking excited that we're home. And this can be repeated over and over again. And Don Miguel Ruiz would like that with every glass of wine and every sunset and every time he hugged any one of the strangers that he was around. And then you go like, oh fuck, that's possible. That's possible because he's being it. That some version, my version, my flowered version of that is possible. You know, might require some work. And it might require an erratical embrace of who we are, where we are, not trying to bypass where we are and project ourselves to immediate Don Miguel Ruiz, immediate Ram Dass status. But we can walk the path, and maybe we'll get a little bit closer to that, and maybe we'll enjoy shit a little bit more. And if we don't, that's okay, because this was our fucking way to learn anyways.
1: Aubrey, you know, I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking how absolutely r- r- wretched in, to some degree. I, I think sometimes, like, man, I'm lucky. I'm glad there's a Ramdas. Well, I'm glad there's a Jack Cornfield. I'm glad there's a Chogum Trumpa Rinpoche. And I'm sure you feel the same way about your teachers. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, you come to a thing like this, you guys spent all this money to come here, and like you came here uh, for a good reason, you know? No matter even whatever the initial reason might be, but um, Ram Dass' guru, Neem Karoli Baba, one of the things when they talk about him, they say, he never really talked about what you're going to get out of this. He talked about how it's going to help people around you. Mm. So similarly, when you tell this story, really what, what you're seeing is sort of the impact of someone's lifetime of some kind of discipline on some kind of path and because of that you uh, it's not like at least personally for for me it's not as though like suddenly like things are just like better oh yeah this is a great day oh i'm having mm-hmm. the greatest of days every day that's not where i'm at mm-hmm. but um There seems to be less aggression in me than there was before. And there seems to be some ability to, it's a little bit less, I don't even want to call it ability. I'm a little bit less of a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by like 6%, mm-hmm. right? mm mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sorry if that's an offensive word to some people.
0: Um, we have Aussies in the room, so that's like a term of endearment to oh, some people. Okay.
1: Here. Well, yeah. you know, uh, whatever the word is, you <laughs> fill in the fucking blank, whatever it may be. But what I'm saying is, like, for me, something that, like, mm, okay, can I get heavy for two seconds? I know. Oh, yeah. we're, okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So my father passed away recently, you know, and, and um, uh, I had to, like, sit with my dying father. And um, thanks to the, my teachers, you know, um, I was able to do that in a, in a way differently than I was with my mom. And by that, I mean, instead with my mom, I was just desperately trying to evade what was happening in a lot of different ways, a lot of different ways. Some big ways, some small ways. Um, but it was very hard for me to accept that this was happening. And so I was like, you know, in my Kindle reading that stupid fucking movie trilogy, the one with the The Hunger Games. You know, I was downstairs in the basement reading the Hunger Games, deeply absorbed in the Oh boy, was I into that story because my mind needed to lock on to something because it couldn't lock on to what was truth upstairs. Now, this is before I, I really did start any doing things like you guys are doing, like coming to things like this. And, um, i'd read about it of course all that stuff but anyway there is a point where the rubber hits the road so to speak and um where it isn't just like someone cuts in front of you or some shit at the grocery store and you give like a phony grin or some crap because you think you're you're enlightened (laughs) (laughs) that's just more bullshit There comes a point where like, you're going to have to help somebody for real. Like it's, you're just going to have to like, whether you're ready to or not, whether you're, you want to or not, whether you're scared or not, there's like a, a point where that does emerge in a human life. And, um, that's baseball kind of like you're, you do have to swing, Yep. you know? And for me, uh, A lot of my life was
0: hitting foul
1: balls. So I'm very happy if I can just get it like a lame grounder.
0: So the, the the difference with baseball is baseball, you have to go up to plate, Like it's part of the rules. But in life, you can just lay down the bat and be like, no, no, I'm not going. I'm not taking my at bat. You can pres- I'm going to withdraw from my at-bat. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to play some other game. I'm going to go on fucking play Fruit Ninja on my phone yeah. while, everybody, while I have the opportunity to bat with the, you know, with the bases loaded where it matters, where my team, where my family, where my people yeah. could benefit from my act of service. And even if I fail, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to fucking swing, and I'm going to give it everything I got. But in life, we have the opportunity to go like, nah, nah, no at-bat. And no one's there to be like, hey, man, you're at-bat because that's us. We're the only ones who know. If we're actually going up to the plate to swing or if we're just withdrawing and just saying like, no, not this time. I don't believe in myself enough. I'm not here to do that. And that's we get these micro decisions about whether we want to do that or not all the time. That's right. And then over time, hopefully we see ourselves saying like, man, I fucking struck out a lot, but I'm going to show up. I'm gonna swing
1: that yes yes that's it that's it and yeah you you know let me tell you if you're fucking playing fruit ninja and you hear that an oxygen machine in the background that's keeping your parents alive um you're gonna (laughs) like it doesn't matter what score you get on fruit ninja you're still (laughs) losing (laughs) fruit ninja so to speak now i'm sorry i know this is very heavy but so my dad's passing right and um i uh texted one of my teachers sounds so cheesy to say i wish there was another word for this i texted a friend and i said i just don't want him to suffer and my friend knowing like this is a limited amount of time here you know there's not a lot of time here so there's no time to do a lot of like oh duncan how wonderful that you don't want your father to suffer duncan there's not a lot of time to do this kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. so he just texts back take yourself out of it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pure service.
1: Pure service. That's it. That's it. Because really, I wasn't that I didn't want my dad to suffer. I didn't want to suffer watching my dad suffer. Now, that's just, that is not service. That's selfishness wearing the mask of a servant. And that, unfortunately, is a trap I have fallen into and many people fall into over and over and over and over again. So, how to. Take ourselves out of it. How to do that. And um, there's so many different paths and so many different expressions of that. You know, so many different ways to do it. But w- another question might be why do that? Maybe that's a more important question before the how. Because if you answer the why, then you'll have the discipline you need to do the how, maybe. True. You know? So that's a good thing to think about.
0: Yep why the why is always the more important if you know your why you can bear almost any how who said that quote Godzi should know who said that nietzsche, nietzsche. If, if you know your why you can bear almost any how right because the hows are all available but knowing your why first then allows you to bear that and then there's another quote from um jordan peterson who said it on on the podcast he says you don't know yourself unless you test yourself mm. right so the combination of that, knowing your why, figuring out the how, and then being willing to test yourself, being willing to test that so that when that's like fucking batting practice, like that's like going up and letting someone throw pitches and you hit balls and you're testing yourself. You're te- and then you're actually going up to bat and knowing that, all right, maybe this time, even when it matters, maybe this time I'll take a swing and I'll miss and people will be sad. But that's okay because I'm testing myself. I'm practicing, you know, to be the hero that I am capable of potentially being, and at least I'm trying my best. Do your best, whatever the outcome is, those external circumstances, that's gonna sort out. That's on the universe, right? Like you're only responsible for showing up to the plate, digging your feet in and saying like, here I am right now in this present moment, doing my damn best. That's all we got. Let's have a few questions, fam. How about that? We got a microphone traveling around. And we'll take a few questions here. We got about five, 10, 10 minutes, maybe five minutes. Good day. Um, Carlos here. So one of the things that I tend to struggle with is the idea of being ready for your growth, your enlightenment, your, your journey. Uh, You know, I I do a lot of so-called coaching, or at least I believe it's coaching, just so I can feel special. I tell myself that. But people tend to hold on to that idea like, uh, I don't know if I'm ready. And so I kind of, you know, internalize that. And and my idea of being ready is like you choose when you're ready. It's not so much destiny, but it's more will. So I just kind of want a little bit more clarity on that uh, whole idea of being ready. Uh, for for your growth well i think i think choice is a big because really there is some kind of objective idea right like you don't you don't say like i'm going to choose to be a paramedic in this situation when there's actually paramedics that really know what the fuck they're doing i really don't know what i'm doing i'm just going to screw things up let me just take a back seat here and acknowledge my place of ignorance that i'm coming from Right, so there is some like objective truth to that, but there's also the situation where there is nobody else around. Like I don't, I really, you know, I know how to work out the body and I know how to nutritionally do it. I always remember I was walking down Sixth Street and I watched this guy cross the street not looking and get hit by a bus. Like a, it was like a bus, it was like a big truck type of thing. I don't know when some fucking Texas giant gas-guzzling vehicle smashed him. He springboards, smashes his head into the ground into the concrete and starts bleeding and i'm the fucking only one around and i'm like fuck like i don't have i don't have fucking medical training but like here i am i'm like six feet from this dude It's like well i mean compress the bleeding i guess so i took my shirt off and i like put it under his head and like tried to tie it so and then i was like fucking calling a paramedic so like you do what you can in a situation like that but then there's other situations where you actually do have the aptitude and there is like comforting someone, or giving your heart, or giving your smile, or giving a some expression that is not so technical, like being a paramedic, right? It's just like, no, it's just showing up. It's just being with your dad as he's on his bed. It's just being with your girl when she's crying. It's just being with the people around you. It's just contributing the best you got at that point. And it's not all technical. It's just really based on your heart, right? And that's the choice. That's always a choice. And then the other thing is, you know, have some wherewithal, do the best you can, but don't put yourself in situations. Like, there's plenty of shamans who should not be serving fucking medicine. They're just not ready yet. The medicine's too big for them to be administering it. And so that becomes, you know, a problem, you know, because there's a technical, there's a skill set that needs to be developed before you just step up and say, nope, I am an aboga shaman. I am a ayahuasca shaman. And then you drink it and you're like, Gah! and then everybody's fucking freaked out, right? You know, so it's it's like an acknowledgement of like what your what the technical situation is and whether but if you can just show up with heart and courage and a smile and a fucking hug like that's always a choice because we always got that
1: yeah it, but if you don't know how to fucking fly a plane I don't care how much heart you have <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting yeah. on the plane friend um, the uh, the uh, he this is the I, I think like as a trainer or whatever like hopefully whatever training whatever prep you're doing has some real like, um, how would you say, um, quantifiable, there should be something quantifiable. It shouldn't, you know, you don't, it shouldn't just be some, like, whatever the thing may be. Like, this is, I think is the problem with this shaman thing is like, how do you like quantify someone has become a great shaman? You know, it's like, in a- another way I've heard it described is like, you know, a little kid will sa- will start pretending to be a fireman, that kid is not a fireman, <laughs> but boy, it, wouldn't that be great if just by acting like a, a, a this thing or that thing we could become it? That would be great because we would skip all of, all the in between. You know, I mean, I don't care how much I act like I have a six pack; <laughs> it's not there. <laughs>
0: For, so for other people asking if they're ready, they're ready when they say they're ready. And, and when you know the container that you're providing is ready to receive them, right? Like it's, it's a mutual thing. Like you all, all the best shamans, you talk to Don Howard, you talk to the greats, you know, who've walked this earth. It's in response to a call. And it's never the pressure. Like, it's never you saying, like, come on, man, you got to come. Like, just have, just fucking be brave, whatever. Just, you know, you're going to drink five cups, and you're going to take eight grams of mushrooms. It's going to be fucking awesome, and we're going to do it, and it's going to be... And you're, like, pulling them in, and like, I don't think I'm ready for that. Like, that's not the thing. You just hold your ground there. Know what container you have. And when they're ready to accept the call, you know, then they'll meet you at that level. But it's never coercion, because it's not you trying to get money from them or, or or be the hero or be the savior or be the one that showed them the light or whatever you just have to hold and be and when they're ready and your container is ready then allow that just like allow that with full agency no manipulation no coercion full agency of choice to to come to you. And maybe
1: share with them whatever your training is. So if you haven't had an awful lot of training in this, uh, they know that up front and you're not putting on a show. So at least like there's like some, uh, a- as they say, you can't really consent if you don't have all the data. So if you, uh, and I'm not saying that you don't, I don't know. I have no idea even what would go into that process. But uh, if you haven't had a bunch or you're only halfway through or whatever, it would be a really good thing up front to be like, I kind of don't know what I'm doing here. Just so you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then if they consent and they're like, okay, cool, I don't know what I'm doing either. We kind of, we're both kind of traveling this path, and, and maybe you're a little further ahead than I am, but we're we're not. We 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 both don't know. Well, at least then, if something should happen, this person has been given the entire data set because what what happens is, you know, people will say, oh, I am this or that. I have gained realization, or I have been visited by the Anunnaki. Who told me to start serving this great medicine to heal the nations? And but the reality is, this person is actually in the like month four of a pretty hardcore bipolar episode. And <laughs> so, so there, full disclosure, you know, full disclosure. And if there's something you don't want to disclose, maybe it isn't time to be doing these uh, rituals. Um, also, not to be fucking old, fucking. Raven of darkness trussle up here, but, uh, I was at one of these retreats, man. And like these parents came up to me and they're like, you know, our son used to listen to your podcast. He committed suicide. Um, uh, and, uh, he, well, here's how it happened. He went and did an ayahuasca ceremony and I uh, drank the medicine, but, and he, but he was also bipolar. And these two things, I don't think they mix that well together. And I think there's some data on that coming out right now, that, that there's some real potential implications uh, there f- uh, for a person who is um, manic. And so it spun him out. And I'm not saying it was the medicine PS. I'm saying it was the uh, – he might not have disclosed to whoever gave it to him that he was bipolar.
0: Or the shaman might not have asked.
1: The shaman might not have asked.
0: Or screened. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But the long and short of it is it uh, – you know, it triggered a bipolar episode. He stopped sleeping, and then he ended up jumping off of a waterfall. And and um, so, this is a very powerful medicine. You know what I mean? Like when and it's weird with this medicine because like when I, for example, I uh, got my ball cut cut off from ball. Well, not from ball cancer, from a very expensive doctor. If ball cancer cut your ball off, it'd be in a weird way, kind of convenient. <laughs> but. Because I've been in a surgery where I've had one of my testicles sliced off. I'm definitely not advertising that I know how to cut people's balls off. You know, and I think this can happen sometimes with shamans is that you go to these ceremonies and there's this sense of like ease that, that these people must have. Because anybody who's done something for a long time, they, they make it look easy. Um, that's part of uh, expertise. Expertise. But you see someone making it look easy and you think, shit, I could fucking do that, man. All I got to do is get some uh, ayahuasca, find a little space, make a cool flyer, (laughs) get some drums and some flutes, get some people together, sit up there just like the shaman I saw and pretend to be a shaman. And then what do you do? When somebody starts having a psychotic episode in the middle of your ayahuasca ceremony, what's your plan? Did you get a lawyer? Did you get waivers signed? What's your fucking plan? I, I by the way, not you. I don't mean any disrespect. I mean, I know, I know a few people are like, I've got some brew. We're going to invite everyone because within that is like intertwined within it is a desire to help. You have experienced something that healed you and you want to heal. And this is all good. It's all good. It's all good. But it's just like, shit, I think with this kind of thing, it's not just, there's some form of maybe s- surgery happening here.
0: Psychic surgery.
1: Yes. And I think it requires a lot of training, though I'm not really sure, you know.
0: And I've and I've witnessed both. I've witnessed, you know, Don Howard, who I think has achieved the pinnacle of mastery in the high art of shamanism, right? And those of you who've listened to my podcast and, and know him, a lot of people in this room know him. And then I've also been with people, you know, there was a com- Cambo shaman which is a frog toxin, and he wanted to give Aubrey Marcus, the psychonaut, a really good fucking cambo experience. It was my first one, and he gave me 11 points on my arm, and I went into anaphylactic shock, and a field veterinarian almost had to give me a tracheotomy because it almost killed me, and it took me two months to recover from the liver damage that that caused. Right? But he but his ego, his idea, like, this is sacred medicine, and, and I'm going to give Aubrey the best, most amount of sacred medicine possible. I watched this happen also with an iboga shaman who I trusted to give Whitney iboga and gave her a massive overdose. Massive, because it was his holy medicine. And the more holy medicine, oh, you're not feeling it? We'll give you more to help you break through. Right? And, like you see these perils along the path. And that's why a lot of you guys have asked me, like, where should I go? I'm like, fuck, like, I wish I had better answers for you guys. Because this is like, you're, you're literally asking, like, where should I go for brain surgery? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I know, like, a couple people, you know, that are, like, really, really good brain surgeons. But, like, it's a challenging question. And I think it's something that, you know, over time, as the kind of, lid on illegality and shame and all of this mystery is revealed there'll be more reliable ways and places to do it but you know I, I urge nothing but the utmost kind of caution using your intuition checking the credentials talking to the people knowing that it's in the light because this is nothing that should be trifled with you know this is a path of fire and it can be incredibly beautiful and powerful as it has been for me but it can also almost kill you as it has for me as well
1: Also, just so you guys know, I do uh, walking tours of Echo Park on Ayahuasca. We (laughs) we drink, uh, we start at the Elliott Smith mural, which is, um, and we drink Ayahuasca, and then uh, we just walk through Echo Park. Buckets are provided. It's a blast.
0: Second only to ayahuasca LARPing, where you can get full, <laughs> the full medieval gear and pitch against your enemies. Yes, while, yeah. the, while ayahuasca that docking, that's a fucking amazing. <laughs> the cosmic dock tunnel, <laughs> Duncan, you're the man.
1: Ah, well, you I love too. you, brother. I thank appreciate you. What an honor you. to be here. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this live podcast. We got Chris Ryan coming up next. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Duncan Trussell as much as I did. Please follow him. The Duncan Trussell Family Hour is hilarious and awesome and he's got great guests. So definitely check that out. And then of course, leave a review. Let me know what you think. We always appreciate that. Check out aubreymarcus.com. Check out my newsletter. That's one of the best ways to keep in touch with me during my upcoming sabbatical. I'm really gonna be taking a month all by myself. And so if you wanna figure out where i'm traveling what i'm doing follow my newsletter it's pretty much my only link to the outside world so you can sign up for that at aubreymarcus.com i love you guys i appreciate you guys thank you so much